Welcome to Treasure Talks. Today I've got Steve Woodall, professional boxer and just recently signed for Frank Warren. Welcome, thanks for coming Steve. Oh, brilliant, thanks for having me on. Yeah, congratulations, you've just signed with Frank Warren, we were just talking about it then. It's been a lot of ups and downs so far in the career and now finally it feels like you're getting, you know, what's what's just. How, how does it feel to finally like, sign for a no, back it, in England? It's been great, uh, you know, it's been quite a frustrating uh, couple of years, um, you know, since my last fight, I, I, I got a leg injury to start with, put me out for, you know, a good while. I uh, got the ball rolling again and had some great sparring with different um, different champions and contenders. But it's just getting the ball rolling here in the UK again. It's been quite difficult, but we crossed the line now and I'm signed. Yeah, I've been like looking forward to seeing you fight back here for a like, long time. And we were just talking about when, obviously, we met and how I know you through the through Eastside gym, but... In that time, you went out to the US, um, you had a stint out there, um, and obviously you had like a real good amateur career. I'm not sure if everyone's like aware of how well you did in the amateurs. We were just talking about when you were fifth ranked in the world and um, you fought like the world number one, world number two. How did that journey start for you when you first walked into Eastside and you started? For, did, was you a natural from the off? Or? Um, I think from a very early age, uh, I was just sort of um, prone to fighting really. It was a good job that um, my mum noticed that young. Uh, she got us into me and my brother into uh, like a karate class when we were in primary school. Can't really remember the age. Um, and then growing up, we sort of had like uh, kind of got into the wrong crowd a little bit. We had you know older friends, and um, you know I think my mum seen that as well. She got us down to diff- a couple of different boxing gyms. Um, we first went to uh, Richie Woodall's uh, professional boxing gym, and it was his dad uh, Lenny that sort of uh, looked after me and my brother for a while uh, and he liked what he was doing he, you know he, he told me I could, I could go far and introduced me to uh, Eastside Boxing Club so that's how it started yeah and then you started training with Soggy was it <clears throat> who's the the nickname for, uh, for the coach for that's anyone it, wondering yeah. but uh, I, I remember I went there I was literally just training in there and that's when I already I think knew of your name and a few of the amateur guys there um, because I, I was following the sport um, especially of the amateurs I, I love the love amateur boxing um, but it's like a family down there isn't it at Eastside that's what I was going to say to you is like I feel like when you walk in there you know if you didn't have somewhere to stay or something or you needed something you'd come out and someone would have sorted you out like that's what it felt like to go in there and I was only there for a bit I never fought or anything yeah absolutely I mean uh, the gym started uh, well within another gym basically there was no official gym uh, for a long time and it was literally four trainers and their sons so it was literally a, a total family orientated gym it was I think me and my brother were sort of the only ones uh, that literally weren't family and we were joining the family kind of thing and um, one of the coaches at the time I had a good bond with his name is Glenn he sort of took me on his wing for a little while before I had my first fight and trained me up a little bit great brilliant sparring brought me on uh, really far and then um, <clears throat> yeah sort of that's how the story started really did you see yourself fighting when you first walked in was that the aim yeah, no, I always wanted to. Um, I was playing rugby at the time as well. Uh, I got to quite a high level in rugby, and I was always having fights on the pitch. And uh, uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, something I always wanted to do, uh, and my brother as well. Um, so yeah, I got ready for my for my first fight. Uh, it's it's quite a funny story for my first one actually, because I, I was you know from my age, I sold quite a lot of tickets. You know, I got a big family, and they all came and brought their friends and stuff. So I was. Uh, you know, a bit of a nervous character for my first one. Um, the kid was, you know, I was only 14 in my first fight. 
the kid was older, he was heavier, and uh, I just, you know, the whole experience um, leading up to that was just, you know, set me off for a whole career because I just became addicted, you know, the whole adrenaline leading up to the fight. You know, at the time, when you're inexperienced, you hate it, but you sort of, you know, you love it as well. And um, it's not for everyone, you know, some people experience it and get put off the sport, you know. But for me, it was just a bug straight away. And, you know, I won my first my first fight by by knockout. And, uh, yeah, it was just, that was just how the story started and I fell in love with it. Yeah, I suppose it's that reward afterwards, like doing that sort of thing that you... I don't know. That's you're so nervous for. Did, did you feel really nervous for that one as well? Look. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, I always questioned. You know, am I good enough? You know, am I? Can I do this? And then, yeah, I had a, a one more fight after that, which is also by by knockout. And then my third fight, uh, I didn't even realize it. my coach had put me in with the the Midlands champion at the time, and um, I obviously had no idea. He didn't tell me he had a lot more fights than me. Um, so going in, I remember sort of walking to the middle of the ring and this kid had a, a Midlands champion vest on and uh, I looked at it and I thought, cause I, I didn't know that you get you get vest when you win, win a Midlands title. And I thought, this kid, is that, is that cocky? He's coming here, he's got with a vest thing saying Midlands champion. And I thought, wow, I'm really going to give it to this kid now. Um, and I did, you know, won the fight in style. Um, and then after that, remember Soggy saying to me he said uh, you know we're going to put you in the championships and I said oh you think I'm, I'm good enough for that and uh, he said yeah you're good enough to win them and uh, I'll never forget that conversation and um, that's what we did you know he put me in there you know fought kids with you know three four times the amount of fights that I had and I just kept on doing it kept on winning and became national champion in my first 10 fights what, what does that feel like when you sort <coughs> of that young and you go into the gym and someone like that's got belief in you because and that's why it, do, it does so much for kids in that gym. Like I say, it's like a family in Eastside. Um, I think Sug is a, a great coach and great for that. I, like I said, I, when I went in there, I didn't fight, but I'd still get shown that kind of uh, respect and they'd give time for everyone. Um, and even some of the youngsters in there, like they'd make me laugh. They're just like, so respectful. They'd take the piss and stuff, but they'd be... I don't know, it really ingrains like uh, discipline and respect, doesn't it? No, I think boxing is so important for um, for young kids coming up, especially, you know, in, uh, you know, sub- suburban parts of the city is, uh, I think it's, um, as, you, as you were just saying, you know, it gives you that discipline and dedication and it can turn your life around. I, I really feel like it did do that for, for myself and my brother. Um, that even as we, we, I was involved in boxing, I was sort of, you know, I had friends outside of it that I shouldn't have been friends with really and, um, Ultimately, in the end, instead of making the you know the wrong decisions, it kept me on track. And uh, yeah, I'm thankful for you know more than what I can explain to you know the Eastside family there what what they've, what they've done for me, kept me on track, and you know, seen parts of the world now that I never would have if if I didn't do that. Yeah, and uh, and you can feel that belief, can't you, from everyone um, whilst you was out there, even when you went to the US and the support you was getting back. No, no, if, if there's anyone that's had my back all, all this time, it's uh, it's Eastside Boxing Club, definitely. Uh, which leads me on um, to be fair that you went out to the US I think I met you just as you were transitioning from like the amateur game over to uh, the pro game and then you went to the US and I remember people talking about it there and I was like flipping out you know you're 19 Um, you always seem like you had an older head if you know what I mean with Mm. it and I, I guess that's from boxing as well but you had that choice to make to leave your life here and um, and go to the US but 
what was it like during that transition stage of sort of fighting the top amateurs and then making the choice to to go pro do you remember that yeah i mean it, it was obviously going to be tricky especially um we did touch on it a little bit uh just just pre- previous to this but um the whole style of fighting over there especially the journeymen um they're totally different to here you know typically in england you've got this sort of tough guy you know hands up he'll come forward take a lot of shots give the other one back and uh you know they don't get stopped off them because they, they don't commit too much um but the whole style over there they've sort of got this this attitude that they carry around with it that even the journeymen really feel like you know yeah i i, I can take this kid out and or, you know whatever thought process they have they're, they're sort of uh they carry around the arrogance where even at the weigh-ins you know these guys you know they've got losses on the record but they're, they're, they're talking also rubbish to me at the weigh-ins like oh i'm gonna whoop you up you know, <laughs> yeah. saying all that you know yeah and I just I literally just laugh and smile and think you know I, I can't wait to get stuck into this guy tomorrow you know so but um yeah no I, I've got some crazy stories to tell um the experiences over there but it's brilliant yeah because um we were talking about the journeymen or if you'd even call them that in America because some of the guys that you had had some good uh, that you fought against had some good records but I was watching some of your fights whilst you was out in the US I just remember thinking you know like if they were in England, they'd be causing a lot more upsets because mm. the journeymen that they have here and the stage of your career, you're talking like what? Did you do how many fights did you have there? All my pro fights in America. Oh, all of them. Yeah, yeah, some fifteen one on one. But um, the yeah, I mean, it's some of the kids I fought early in my career was, uh, you know, we, we sort of, you know, the, um, well, for example, the, the kid in my, in my third fight, I think his record was like three and one or something like that, or maybe two and one. I don't know, but. Um, if you look more into that, the, the guy was—he uh, actually won the Golden Gloves at heavyweight. Um, and I, I literally found out this that the day I was fighting him, you know, my, um, just sort of kind of overheard it, you know, won the Golden Gloves, uh, and they were, you know, a bit iffy about, you know, if I should if I should fight him or not. And I was like, of course, you know, yeah. And he was another crazy guy at the way, and he was trying to get in my face and all this. But yeah, you know, knocked him out in the first round, and then. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of other kids uh, over on the New York shows. Was that an uppercut? I can't remember. I remember seeing that fight. Or I remember. Um, um, I do remember the mention on the day. Up for, I don't know if it was on your social media or whether I had a look. And it was like, he's, this guy's fighting that super middle. And he's like a heavyweight golden gloves. Yeah. That, that's a really tough fight for your third fight. No, I know exactly. Um, I think, I, again, I was probably, I don't know if I was 19 or 20 years old when I went into the, those fights. Um, but um, no yeah, no, no, a couple of different uh, guys and you know, they had uh, extensive amateur careers over there. Even if they had like one or two losses on the record, and um, if you, even if you go back and watch the fights that I had with them, I may have knocked them out in the end, but it was it was difficult getting to them, and, and I gained a lot of experience from that. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you know sometimes you see guys with padded records and stuff like that, but whereas yours might be the opposite because you've been fighting these tough fights from the off. Um, in America with you which we talked about just before um, we were recording about how you weren't the home fighter so that played against you as well Um, but I just want to touch on like obviously you were fighting a high level in the amateurs and that would have been a different style as well wouldn't it It would have probably been I guess if anything would you have been one of the shorter guys or not in that that Uh, weight division in the amateurs uh, it was a a bit of a mix oh in the amateurs oh Mm. okay so in the amateurs I in the end, I actually ended up at light heavyweight. Um, you know, I, I won national titles at um, 70 kg, 75 and 81. Um, and in the 81 category, I was definitely one of the smaller guys. But 
I was performing at the weight, you know, I had a lot of stoppages at um, 81 kilo. Um, obviously, I went to the World Championships at that weight and had a win over the world number two and and so on and so, so forth. But um, the the whole size thing has never really mattered to me, you know, appearance and stuff like that. It really just goes out the window because you're just fighting against another man at the end of the day. Um, and as soon as you let that become a problem in your own head, and it will become a problem in the fight, so you kind of have to overcome that. Um, so records and stuff like that really mean nothing. You could be fighting a undefeated guy um, who's ten and zero, but have a tougher fight against someone who's zero and ten. You know, that's, yeah. that's the, you know, so records really mean nothing to me. And uh, I can imagine that your transition was probably quite smooth. You know, from apart from having like these hard fights in America straight away your style because you're, you're very technical but you're you don't mind coming into that range and, and fighting and you I saw actually have you got like a was it you put a Mark Tyson um, picture up I'm, I'm not sure if it was on your social media but do you is that like an inspiration for you because I could see that like you're not exact you've got your own style you know you can tell you're polished in the amateurs but you have got that kind of inside fighting as well if you know what I mean yeah no um my trainer Soggy, he always told me to watch uh, Ricky Hatton. Um, so he was, you know, the, 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 one of the first guys that I, I started to watch and and simulate stuff like that. And you'd always see, uh, you know, because you type in Ricky not uh, Ricky Hatton knockouts, and you know, a lot of the time, as soon as you type, type that word in, Mike Tyson would come up. And he was obviously a massive inspiration to me as well to to see how he's taking guys out. Um, and it was always in my style to be aggressive and, and come forward uh, in the amateurs and, and the from the off in the pros as well um, so they would definitely uh, influence my style but uh, in the start of my career I used, it wasn't necessarily that they were tough fights I mean it was just that um, I, it, you know I, I could have, there were fights that I could have cruised in and got the win on points and whatnot. you know the, you know, the odd occasion got the, the knockout here and there but you no know, one's to make a statement and you know I came after all those guys you know um, even from an early age you know from, from my very first fight you know I wanted to um, entertain the crowd and bring what I had which is um, you know aggressive technical boxing yeah yeah because you, you you were knocking people out as you mentioned from early even in the amateurs so it's good to see that transition into the pro game and then see what you can do and then um, what, so what happened in America with um, did you just decide at one stage to you'll be better off with your future here in England because Obviously, you went over to America, nineteen years old, which must have been an experience in itself. Without the fighting part, um, how how was that first? How was that in America? Just living there, you know, yeah, boxing aside. It, I mean, it, it was surreal. You know, I um, I touched on it briefly, but if I if I think back um, to my, my thought processes when when I was leaving for America, and um, I even remember that the day I was going to the airport with, with my mom, and you know, she was crying day, days before leading up to this, and I, I kept on telling myself, you know. I'm a man now, and uh, you know I'm ready to fight men, and and <laughs> this is what men do. You know, we, we take risks and stuff like that. Um, I remember going to the airport, and uh, you know I remember prom- promising myself, you know I'm not I'm not coming back um, without you know being able to create a better life for myself, and that was the mentality I had. My mom was crying, and I sort of walked off, and I, I almost I just kind of stopped myself from crying myself. Um, I didn't get to see my family for a long time um, after I went there. Um, it's just sort of back back to back fights, uh, having no one in the crowd. Um, but now, when I look back at it, my, my thought process, process processes, I really wasn't a man. You know, I, I was I was still just a you know 
maturing into a man and you know there's a lot there was a lot to experience which eventually I did and uh it's made me who I am today yeah you've got a lot of experiences um not just because of the as you say you've you cruised a lot of those fights but against um what I was saying a tougher fights um out in America than here but obviously you had your pro debut as well um and being like a family man like where a lot of your family used to come and watch you even you talked about your first amateur fight everyone was there Mm. so that must have impacted the fight or at least been very different for you when you went out to America and had your first fight against no I mean the only way I can explain it is uh, if you imagine uh, from my very first fight 14 I I sold a lot of tickets and I I rooted off that energy you know I I felt at home you know I knew my my mum and my sister and my brother-in-law and my brother they're all going crazy at you know rooting me on and it gives you that sort of sense of confidence you know and I had that throughout my my whole amateur career till the end and then if you imagine being 19 years old you know flying across to another country I was that was really only there maybe five or six weeks before I actually made my debut so you know got straight into training camp um I had little time to bond with the trainer um if you imagine walking out into an arena I was fighting against the Puerto Rican guy uh the whole crowd it was in a Kissimmee Florida my first fight um there's a very Hispanic crowd and they're all sort of against me booing me and I've never really had that and then if you imagine you know I've gone on uh, one in, in good style and uh, I looked out into the crowd and I really had not one person in the crowd I barely knew the trainer really didn't know the manager either um, and I was just sort of experiencing that moment on my own and it was just so surreal you know it's definitely the best moment in my, my boxing career by far um, amateur and pro because uh, I knew my family couldn't watch live because there was no live stream uh, for my first fight and it's just being in that moment at the time 19 years old you know my my, my first victory as a pro um, it's just surreal there's no way to explain it was that not daunting though like um, just being somewhere you know foreign place and no no one's familiar around mm-hmm. was that not daunting for you from the off it was but, but you just put it to the back of your mind I suppose it, you have to don't? it sort of goes back to that thing I was describing earlier on um, it's sort of like a moment that moment of adrenaline where you know at the time you might hate it a little bit but you, you're addicted to it and you, you know you're addicted to winning and you just want that feeling and as soon as it passes a couple of days after you just want it again and again and again it's sort of it really is like a bug you know I think it takes a certain type of person to um, experience those moments how I did you know and how how people do that but um, yeah it's just something that's in me that um, that wanted it and wanted it more than I didn't want it <laughs> what was the heat like there you know you say you get there and you've got six weeks and then you're fighting was it was that wow. something that you noticed that was uh <laughs> that was incredible for me i mean i, I don't know if you, have you ever been over to to florida yeah Is when that... i was younger but yeah i mean not... the, the moment you, you you sort of walk off um the plane it's it's, it's almost instantly harder to breathe you know if you imagine uh the, the gym you know fifth street boxing gym uh there was no no ac it's just sort of you know, closed doors that you know these Cuban fighters that throw off the heat you know you gotta to go to war with them um inspiring and uh <laughs> it's, it's literally like breathing in water as you, as you as you train in inspiring and then to do that um in the fight as well when you've got the TV lights on um yeah it's an experience does that make a difference I always hear that like about the TV lights can you feel those as you well can, yeah it, before the fight starts you're standing there waiting for you uh, your name to be announced and you can literally feel the heat off the lights you imagine like um, almost like a smoking area yeah um, you know you can feel that sort yeah, of outdoor lighting heating lamps yeah I, mean, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying it, you know it's scalding you or anything but it, 
it, it adds to the pressure definitely yeah you can feel it I, I was away I lived in um, Thailand just for a little bit and when I tried to just keep up what my training regime there to what I was doing here I just couldn't like, I'd, I'd be fucked after like mm. you know straight away and I'd just be thinking I don't know how people do it because there's a lot of like hard Thai fighters out there that just you know they just love to fight mm. and they're, they're training all that in the heat I just don't know how people do it I don't know if it's an advantage or not you know like coming I, from that I guess um, the way you got to look at it is you know if, if, I'm, if I'm experiencing it I feel like this you know the opponent's experiencing it and he feels like that and it's just about who wants it more really yeah what um, what were some of the hardest experiences in terms of boxing in, in the US then like uh, was there a fight that stood out or you know um, um, a, an actual experience where I mean uh, the, I mean I don't know where to start with it really is there's uh, I guess the, the first tough experience for me was um, I sort of felt like I needed to change coaches um at the time um you know just for me to progress in my career and you know i felt almost a sense of loyalty to, to the coach but um you know looking back you know I'm glad i made the decision because you have to be loyal to yourself before you're loyal to anyone else and uh i was when i made the transition over to to texas with ronnie shields um you know jamal chardo's camp and i thought i'm always gonna have that high level sparring and obviously the, the contenders that are there already um so that was a tough experience uh, doing that. Um, and then, yeah, I guess uh, the, the most outstanding one was the the loss that, that I had. You know, um, it, was, it was a tough experience um, to take it. But again, I, I've only grown from it because... And that, um, that was against uh, Steve Rolls, wasn't it? And that, that, that was... Right. I remember watching that as well at the time, I think. And that um, he's been on to fight Triple G since, hasn't he? Yeah, no, no. It, I mean... It's, it's never, never something I'd make an excuse for, you know. He, he he came out on top on the night, and I'd never try and take that away from him, um, you know. But the, looking at the facts, I think it was about, you know, I think I just turned twenty one years old. Um, it was the first fight, the first time ever my, my family flew over to um, to see me fight, uh, you know. So that, that, again, I, I sort of programmed my mind to having no one in the crowd, um, and then now all, all my family's going to be there again. So it's that, that kind of extra nerves I wanted to perform for them. Uh, and he's a great matchup, you know. I, I was nine and zero with a good amateur career, and I think he was about twelve and zero with a, you know, even higher level amateur career. Um, and yeah, we we went at it for the first three. I won the first three rounds, and I, I put him down in the third round. Um, I sort of stepped my foot off the grass, off the gas, and um, in the fourth round, um, I actually perforate my ear. Um, and I just, I just, you know, it's never happened to me before. A totally new experience. It sort of throws your balance off. Um, it's a different feeling to getting caught caught with like a, a good punch. Uh, it's hard to explain it in, until someone has sort of had that themselves. So yeah, um, I, I've heard that a few times, and you see it. You can tell watching as a fan that if someone gets caught on the air, it like, um, mm. takes their equilibrium off. If you know what I mean? Um, absolutely. Yeah. So just, so that happened in the fourth. Whilst yeah, the, still... the fourth round. So uh, it actually happened if you. <laughs> If anyone is interested in watching it, if you go back and watch the whole fight, you'll see I was totally in control and won the first three rounds, had him down. Um, I maybe probably should have uh, stepped on the gas a little bit, tried to get him out of there in the third. But, you know, uh, you live and you learn. Uh, in in, in the, the fourth round, that happened to me at the start of the round. And I just, you can see throughout the whole round, I'm trying to get my composure back. But at the same time, I'm still getting caught with a lot of punches and not really returning too many. Um, and... 
and again, you'll hear a lot of trainers and fighters have this discussion. You know, if you get caught with a punch, you know, take, take a knee, take an eight count. But at that time, I was too stubborn. I was like, no, I'm not taking an eight, eight count for no one. You know, if you're going to take me out, you got to take me out. And um, looking back, if, if I would have just got through that round, maybe I could have got my, my composure, gone on to win the fight. But um, the ref jumped in in the end. Uh, but another point I'd like to make just before we move on from that, um, I've actually had five fights since then. Um, I've won four of them by knockout. You know, it was, it was a long time ago. Now I'm 26 years old now. Um, just, just now, I'm 26. I was only, uh, you know, as I said, 21, maybe even 20 at the time. Um, I, I just don't want to be remembered from that loss because I've grown so much more since then. Um, I've, I've developed as a fighter mentally and physically. Yeah, definitely. And mm-hmm. um, we've just said about all the experience of the amateurs and then going to the US and then to um, fights like that. It's all things to. Uh, to, to make you into a fighter today and like you say you've you've had another five fights and uh four more KOs did you say as well yeah the, 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 there was um yeah there's four knockouts so the uh, there is actually a mistake on, on my box rec as well but one of them it says I won the fight but it was actually by a knockout um if you go onto my Instagram you can watch the video as well so um but I think there's 10 on my record officially it should be 11 um by knockout yeah so you finally got the um you finally come back to England and you signed for Frank Warren. Was that an easy decision to make to come back to England in the end and um, come back and go back to Eastside Boxing Gym? Yeah, I mean, I had a great career, a great run in, in, in the USA. Um, I, had, uh, I was under Ludabella for quite a long time uh, for a promoter. Um, we sort of parted ways in my management, um, came back and uh, just getting my feet onto the ground with training again. And uh, I slipped over and, you know, hurt my leg as that, as that for a long time with an injury um, got back training and stuff like that and it was just because all my fights were over there I kind of slipped under the radar a little bit and getting the ball rolling here now it's been just been a constant battle but um, finally things have uh, come together now um, and yeah I'm signed yeah I bet you can't wait to just get back in there now have you, you fought here though haven't you since you come back to England no no oh, you've I, not fought I, I, once I, as a pro as a pro, all my fights were. Um, oh, you did say yeah. that, yeah, all in the US. So yeah, I bet you can't wait to like kind of get one under your belt, like uh, here. Exactly, up. yeah. No, no, it's been it's been a while. I'm still young, you know. I'm still 26. It's got a lot of wealth of experience. Um, just a case of knocking the rust off now, and then you know I'm, I'm, I'm moving up to super middleweight now, as opposed to middleweight while I was in America. Uh, I feel more com- comfortable at the weight. I've had great sparring uh, here in England uh, with different world champions at that weight. Um, so I know I've proved myself I just need to get in there and, and do it under the lights now who who have you sparred with um, not just here but just generally you sparred with a lot of uh, well known yeah fighters. the list is uh, it's endless really in terms of um, champions uh, like well last year I sparred uh, Billy Joe Saunders um, earlier in the year uh, I flew over to Miami for just a little holiday but James the Gale was doing camp over the time so I got to work with James the Gale as well um, Andre Durrell uh, all different kinds of weights as well there's uh, <clears throat> there's a cruiserweight uh, Dorsey Coast um, I'm not actually sure of his first name um, but he's probably one of the toughest sparring sessions I had um, I like the Cuban guys uh, Unescu Gonzalez always having you know regular tough spars with him um, Andre Durrell uh, obviously Jamal Charlo was in his camp for a long time. Um, 
there was a lot of undefeated contenders between um, all the way from like welterweight, you know, up to sort of light heavyweight. You know, there's so many different guys that I sparred, um, like Edwin Rodriguez, uh, who's another good sparring partner. Um, yeah, it's just tons of guys. <laughs> How did you feel against um, DeGale and Billy Joe Saunders? Because they're so technical, aren't they? And like. I'd love to see that to be fair like, yeah no it, it was brilliant sparring um, I got on really well with Billy Joe actually uh, obviously he is my weight but um, we had a good chat afterwards and uh, he was going to put a good wording for me with, with, the, with the promoter to help me get the ball rolling again um, but yeah as I said I, I just felt like I've um, I've matured into the weight and I'm comfortable there now to hit hit the ground running have you got your eyes on anything in particular like, um, for the next sort of year or um, for the next fights yeah I mean essentially I'm just going to leave it down to uh, my trainer Soggy uh, Dean White who I forgot to mention earlier he's um, he, he's a big reason why I've uh, signed with Frank Warren uh, he helped me the connection so I owe him a lot for that but yeah in terms of the plan I need to just uh, get back in there not the rust off um, like a 6 or 8 round or something like that and then we'll just take it each fight as it comes I'll, I'll leave it to those guys but who, who, whoever they put in front of me um, you know I want to come for the Really, I want to dominate the British scene. I want to uh, get get to that British title. And I've seen people saying that already that you're there, you're at that level. Obviously, you need to um, get rid of the ring rust and then get used to uh, adapting back here. But mm-hmm. you know, you, you're at that level already to be able to take some of these British fighters on. So um, that's it. I mean, I've had 17 fights now um, as a, as a pro, um, and many as an amateur. So I just need to sort of. Uh, as I said, just get get used to being back in there. It could be one fight, or two fights. I, I, I don't know. I'll just leave it to the my, my, my training and management team, and um, yeah, take it as it comes. I, I definitely uh, look to fight for the British title um, in my book sooner rather than later. But I'll leave it to them. Yeah, um, hopefully it's on BT Sport and stuff as well because uh, mm. I think Frank Warren's with them still, isn't it? Yeah, so. it's, a, it's a brilliant brilliant uh, platform to be involved with. Um, and that's something I've missed out on is the uh, the exposure really um, you know if, if, if all, all my fights and, and knockouts were live on TV um, over there uh, I mean some of them were but if they were like that here I, I wouldn't have the, the issues that I have now um, you know it's been like a waiting game for the past year to sort of get the ball rolling um, but yeah, I, yeah it's, been, it's, it's been a hard few years in that aspect hasn't it because fighters want to just get on with their job they want to get in the ring and fight but it's not always that easy you've got like uh, obviously you've been waiting to get a promoter like this with Frank Warren um, but you've you've been in there with such big names and sparred with a lot of them it's just uh, finally now we're going to be able to see you go go in with these big names um, that's and it climb, and climb the the ranks it's yeah exciting. yeah obviously we've got to go foot after foot I can't Jump the gun too much. Course, uh, yeah. uh, talk talk too early. You know, I want, I'd rather let the, the fights do the talking rather than. Yeah. I've never really been a talker. And, uh, maybe, maybe that's been uh, an issue of mine. I, I haven't been sort of uh, a bit of a show off or anything like that. You know, any of my knockouts I haven't been jumping on the ropes and all that kind of stuff. And you know, maybe that's what people want to see. So, do you, do you think that makes a difference as well? Because we're in a different age, aren't we? You know, like social media era and all that. Do you think like? that makes a difference for some of these guys now with the marketing with the talk and, and all that absolutely you know if you look at some of these uh, fighters the, uh, not to cast any, any shadow on their career because um, I'm not that type of person but they obviously wouldn't be where they are um, without that social media following and um, 
you know the insta famous as we call it um but i guess that's uh the way I, the, the market uh side of the boxing scene is, it, <laughs> has gone now so yeah well yeah it is isn't it and it is marketing as well mm. it's like um you know like boxing marketing's integrated into that and um you need both i guess don't you um but i'm surprised like um you didn't get a sign you didn't get signed here earlier to be fair um and marketed here but like you say if the your knockouts were being shown here mm. it could be a very different story but yeah it'll be interesting to see your next fights and and where it goes i saw as well that you were doing like some like kicks and stuff like that messing about on you on your social media is uh-huh. that would you ever consider that i know it's a bit of a you at the minute you're just concentrating on boxing and yeah. does it interest you the mma it, it's funny because a few people have actually um asked me since i posted those posted those videos um that was really just jo- messing around joking um I, I mean i guess i i would have loved the opportunity to to have a couple of maybe mma fights or something like that kickboxing i, I don't know my, my dad was actually a, a muay thai fighter um and you know uh, he done well with it so i'd definitely like to uh explore it in the future maybe but right now uh, my focus is 1000 percent on boxing i find the mma intriguing because we just talked about like uh you know like talking the talk and all that and there's a lot of uh, trash talking in mma now isn't they and they mm. seem to have smashed it with the way they've marketed that but yeah who knows there's probably going to be like a lot of crossover um i saw that Tyson Fury and uh, AJ were on the mm-hmm. new game, so I don't know. It's going to be. I mean, the the thing is that you know you can't the same way that um, you know works vice versa with with both sports. I, I I could never sit here and say, all right, I'm yeah, I'm going to be an MMA fighter because I'd never disrespect the sport like that. I'm not, I've, you know, I, I can kick and use my elbows, but I, unless I fully dedicate myself to that craft, I would never. Um, start talking any kind of rubbish that I'm going to become an MMA fighter because I really I'm the person where you you know I have to be all or nothing you know I have to dedicate myself to the craft learn obviously there's a lot of all kinds of disciplines uh, you know Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and loads of things you have to learn so I'd never start saying those things until I was really dedicated to to doing it yeah they put a lot of uh, work into all different martial arts and um, they're just different sports aren't they like we saw that with uh, McGregor crossing over as Mm. well uh, although I don't know some people think he did better than he did he did well don't get me wrong yeah, like, it's did. impressive but I did think Mayweather played with him a little bit personally no no he, he did obviously but um, to last as long as he did and uh, that that you know to go in there confidently with that mindset shows how far you know how far that kind of mindset can get you you know but a good effort and um, yeah I think you know in terms of boxing you know he's one of the, the um the better fighters from 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 that discipline, uh, you know, the UFC or MMA, um, and if anyone was going to do it, it'd probably be him. You know, maybe one or two other guys could have done it, um, but at the top level, you just can't, you, you, you know, you just can't make that crossover. Yeah, yeah, I think um, we're hearing talk now actually about McGregor potentially fighting Pacquiao and <laughs> I know putting it out, but that's a, again, that's the talk sort of thing. Um, are you a big fan of many fight? Like fighters at the minute. Um, do you look at the sport like that? Like yeah, no, you... no. I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of the uh, the old school boxing. You know the um, the fighters before us. The you know the, the greats essentially. But yeah, there's you know there's a lot of guys to watch out for now. Um, and the British scene. You know, there's, there's a lot of good guys coming out of um, the Eastside boxing gym. Obviously, you've got Shaqan Peters fight about to fight for the British title. Um, he's definitely one to watch out for. He's 
a lot of um, natural ability, especially at that weight as well. Coming down to <clears throat> coming down to light heavyweight, um, you've got Sam Higginson versus Ted Cheeseman. Um, I'm actually friends with both guys. You know, I know Ted, Ted from um, the amateurs. We was always in the national championships together, and we went out to the worlds together. Um, but obviously, Sam's a stable mate. You know, I've known Sam for well, <laughs> yeah, since like early amateur days. So. Um, yeah, that's going to be a brilliant fight coming up. I, I can't wait for that. I couldn't believe it when I saw it um, come up. I just thought, I don't know, Sam does it every time. Like He, he will go into these tough fights. Again, we, we mm. talked about you don't mind going in and stepping in with, with whoever, but he, he's been doing this now, hasn't he? Like, um, Absolutely. Uh, high yeah. British level, going Not, up against like the, guys when no one will back him. And no, he, he's earned his name, you know, the, the, the Savage. And, uh, he, you know, you got Give him nothing but respect of uh, any outcome of the fight. He always takes the risk, and uh, and again, yeah, he's, he's only young as well, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how old he is, isn't he? It's I think he's, he's a year above. He's a year older than me because in the championships when we were coming up, he was always the, the age above. Um, maybe two years. I don't know. Uh, I think it might be one. And then, um, like you say, Shaq and Peters. Is it? He's. I saw him in the amateurs um, quite a few times, and I, I wondered how he'd get on in the pros and. Um, and then I, I said to you before we started recording, we were just talking about people coming up and seeing like the progress he's made. Like, it's mm. pretty impressive, to be fair. I'm looking forward to seeing him as well. And I'm not sure if I'm right. I'll double check now, but I think he's fighting Craig Richards, isn't he? Or I'm not sure if that one got called off. He got called off. He's now yeah. fighting a guy called uh, Chad Sugden or Sugden. Uh, okay, I think it is. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a good one coming up. I think it's going to be on. I better not say the the channel that I think he's on maybe it's just not yeah he's yeah. just signed with uh, Mick Hennessy so oh, okay uh, I'm not sure if it's ITV yeah. or Channel 5 it's one of the two um, but yeah it's, um, that's August 22nd uh, Sam's fight I believe uh, it's the first fight in the fight camp uh, of Matchroom oh, okay oh in the um, is that in the mansion are they doing that's that it. yeah 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 that's the that's, it's mad mansion. what everyone's doing now because obviously We've uh, like the crazy times we're in. We've got UFC creating a fight island for mixed martial arts, and mm. now um, Eddie Hearn's talking about this um, backyard fighting, really, mm. <laughs> like back garden fighting, just in the mansion, putting a ring there. That that's mad, really. You know, like was touching on the experiences you had where there was no crowd for you, and you just you know you go mm. somewhere different. I know it brings that back a bit. It's just like real fighting, isn't it? You just turn up no one to impress just yeah. just yourself really that's it I mean it will be weird with uh, no, no crowd at, at all uh, but I had a couple of fights in uh, the Dominican Republic and the, you know Santo Domingo where, where the fights were held were really it's just like a third world kind of you know you get to the arena and there's like chickens running around and all sorts it was crazy <laughs> um, so I think that you know fighting with that atmosphere or no atmosphere rather um, I've had that experience as well so I'm I've got my fingers crossed that I'll get a date. Um, I think we're looking at September in one of the behind closed doors. Um, Is that what it will be for you now? I, I guess it'll have so. to be, wouldn't it? It'll have to be um, behind closed doors because um, until we hear anything else. But that's it. But then you've got that experience in a way then by already fighting out in Dominican Republic. Does that make you? I don't know. Go into your. I don't know, it must change your mindset a bit. Do you go back into your mind and think? know what am I doing this or does it do you keep that same focus just as if there was a crowd there I think that um it's another one of those things where if you let your mind drift drift apart or you let, you let it become an issue then um 
it will become an issue in the ring. You know, you sort of have to just, uh, you know, vi- visualization is such a massive part of my, has been such a massive part of my career. Um, you know, I really had to, you know, I looked into it, I read about it, I studied it, I listened to it on, uh, you know, audio books, all, all kinds of things because I had so many different experiences, Go, you know, going to arenas where, you know, like third world, there's no one there and, and I was going against, uh, up against the crowd, up against this, you know, the judges and stuff like that. Um, and all you have to focus on is yourself and your own game. Uh, obviously your opponent as well, but that's a whole other thing. You can't focus too much on your opponent's strengths. You just have to sort of focus on yourself. Remember the, the work that you've put in in the gym. Um, and yeah, just, just crack on with it like that. Yeah, you, you mentioned about audio books and kind of um, doing your research and, and things like that. I remember coming into the gym before and you were doing all like the calisthenic stuff and some people just turn up and they just fight. You seem to have that kind of mentality where you can have a tear up, mm. but you, you obviously got like, the technical background from the amateurs, but then also you're interested in like this alternative training and stuff like uh, making sure... Obviously, we mentioned your brother, and he's uh, well into his training and and yeah. has the knowledge as well. Um, no. how, how big is that for you? Like staying fit and I mean, it's just uh, a lifestyle I've I've lived from a young age. You know, I, I don't know if you remember uh, me and my brother training back back then, but we, you know, I've always had this sort of mindset of um, being the hardest worker in the room. You know, I remember at the time when I, when I joined Eastside, you know, I mentioned my, the coach's sons. Uh, I was getting in there with them, and uh, you know. Obviously, never had a fight, never had a spar. They, they were bashing the life out of me. You know, I was always leaving with uh, bloody nose, black eyes, and all that. But I always told myself, you know, that these guys might be more experienced. You know, other people might be faster, they might be stronger, but no, no one can stop you being the hardest worker in the room. And uh, if I were to give advice to anyone, just always keep that on your mind. You, you know, not no one's stopping you from being the hardest worker. Um, and if, if you truly put that work in, then uh, you give you can always give the best account of yourself, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, of course, and then and anyone can do that. And as you mentioned, with you know, everything's a mindset going in there. You want that. You want to know in the back of your head if you're going toe to toe with someone that you've done everything that you possibly can, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, as I said, there's only just you and your opponent in there. Um, when things get tough, you know, you don't. As a saying, you know, when you when you when you go to the well, make sure it's not dry or the, or the trenches. You know, you, you you push the limits in in training. So when you get there in the ring you're comfortable there and um, you're just ready to go obviously you've had like a, a lot of hard times with waiting for certain deals and um, coming back to England <clears throat> how has the Covid situation affected you or has it um, um, have you had to like stay on top of your mindset with the training obviously routine and things like that I'm the kind of guy where um, I'm going to train either way whether the gyms are open or not Um the boxing gym was actually open for myself and, and Shaq and throughout most of uh, the lockdown because obviously Shaq had a, a fight scheduled and I was waiting on news as well. Um, so you know, we've been working hard throughout the whole of lockdown so it didn't really affect me as much as maybe it, it affected others. Um, but whether that was the case or not, you know, I'm, I'm always been the person to, to train in the house or you know, get, figure, figure it out to, to get it done. Uh, and my brother's the same, you know, he was sort of went on the, the bodybuilding uh, route um, after boxing. And you know, the first thing he'd done at the start of lockdown, he invested in uh, a, a pretty much a whole gym uh, in his garage. So, was, you know, <laughs> that, that's his mindset as well. Yeah, and it's important, isn't it, to stay 
like mentally healthy by by doing that. Do you know what I mean? Taking care of your mental health to to stay training and ticking over. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, it's good to hear. I'm looking forward to what we see of you now. Like hopefully on BT Sport. Um, but so, are you hoping to? You're hoping to fight in September. Um, would we just wait for news now until um, you announce more? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna obviously uh, keep in the gym, making sure everything's uh, on point, ready to go. As soon as we get the phone call, um, we, you know, we can just sort of get in the car and, and get get to the venue, have, have the fight. So um, that's the plan. Um, just stay ready, and then that way you don't have to get ready. Does this feel like your destiny from? everything you've been through and the ups and downs to now you know this is meant for you the sport of boxing yeah. no no I mean uh, I've, I've had so many ups and downs this, this past three years it's been so hard to to keep focused and to, to keep the, the discipline the, the love for the sport obviously I've had close friends sometimes even family question whether 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 I, I want this whether whether I can still do this because it's been a long time and it's only ever been myself that, that's known no I can do this and I do want this and I may have been able to uh, get back in there sooner um, on you know a, a level that's not that I don't want to be at anymore and you know perhaps a, a smaller show or something but I, I just feel like I, because of the amount of fights that I've had and I've, I've fought in these small hall shows already um, I sort of wanted to wait it out and see if I can get something better um, and I'm glad that I did you know, I trusted my instincts and it worked yeah it, and now you've got that deal and then hopefully we do see you in these big fights but um, where can people find you um, on social media or to keep track of what's uh what's coming up yeah so uh, my instagram is mostly what i use it's uh at team uh at team woodall we have a facebook page as well steve woodall professional boxer and yes yeah, so as soon as i get any updates or training training updates i'll, I'll keep them on there and uh, obviously i'll be sharing the interview on there as well thanks for having me on today yeah no worries man i appreciate you coming and um like i said earlier it's i've been following your journey from sort of the end of your amateur career to mm. Um, when you moved abroad and started fighting so I'm excited to see it and your style I think will just suit the pros so well um, but yeah I urge everyone to have a look um, and at your social media and what's coming up but uh, nice one mate appreciate anything yeah. to add no no brilliant Th- thanks for having me on and uh, I just can't wait to show everyone the journey and get back in there finally appreciate you having me on yeah. cheers nice one